Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Hope Matumbu. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you are hearing us from. World Hepatitis Day is on Sunday, 28th July, with the aim of raising awareness around viral hepatitis and the impact it has worldwide. With effective viral hepatitis treatments available to help manage hepatitis B and cure hepatitis C, Australia is leading the way to a future without viral hepatitis. However, an estimated 233,947 Australians are living with chronic hepatitis B and 182,144 people with chronic hepatitis C at risk of preventable deaths from psoriasis and liver cancer. Without finding those who are undiagnosed and linking them to care, many lives will continue to be lost. On this show, you'll hear from Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu, Deputy Chief Medical Information Officer at Royal Melbourne Hospital. You'll also hear from Anne Roseman, Sexual Health and Bloodborne Virus Coordinator for Victoria, based at the Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organization, or VACHO. First up, let's hear from Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu. Hi, my name's uh, Kudzai Kanhutu. I am an infectious diseases uh, doctor based at Royal Melbourne Hospital and also at CoHealth Community Clinics. Um, in my working week, I do a mix of patient care, so looking after people who uh, have infectious disease needs and also refugee community uh, at CoHealth in Footscray. And I also do some IT or information technology project work as well within the hospital. Can you tell us a bit about hepatitis B and who the most affected in our communities are? Yes, certainly can. So um, we're learning more and more about hepatitis B through our basic scientific research. And what we now understand is that it's a, it's a virus or an infection that's been um, in, the, in the population for millions of years. Um, in fact, it's interesting to know that they've actually identified hepatitis B DNA in bird fossils that date back to the time of the dinosaurs. Mm. So a very ancient infection. Uh, but the people who primarily um, get hepatitis B, um, and it's globally a huge problem, um, in Australia in particular it tends to be people who are either born overseas, so in areas where they don't have access to vaccination, diagnosis and treatment, um, and there are also higher rates um, within the Indigenous community as well. And, you know, there's a statistic um, that there are... Um uh, only 63.7% of those living with uh, chronic hepatitis B in Australia have been diagnosed. Um, and so about 37% of people who are living with hepatitis B don't know that they have it. Can you talk to us a bit about how this can be possible? Yes, yeah, so look, one of the biggest challenges um, with a lot of infections, particularly hepatitis B, is that you can be infected and not uh, be aware that you're infected. So people will have hepatitis B in their system and look, feel, 
um, and behave like uh, anyone else and actually have the infection their whole life and never be aware of it. Um, and sadly, because of the fact that we um, often there can be damage happening to your liver without you feeling anything, is the reason why people will often uh, turn up to hospital or clinics at a really advanced stage of illness um, when it's really often too late to do something or something quite um, negative has happened as a result of their long-term hepatitis B infection. One of the biggest risks is actually going on to develop liver cancer. Um, so in terms of a global perspective, um, so you've obviously spoken about what the numbers look like within Australia in terms of large numbers, you know, sometimes even, you know, we sometimes have quotes of more than 50% of people are unaware that they have hepatitis B within some communities. But globally, we think there are about a quarter of a billion people who have chronic hepatitis B, and that contributes to about a million deaths per year. Um, and the saddest thing about it is that hepatitis B is both treatable and preventable. But unfortunately, in some parts of the world, um, people still don't have access to vaccination. They don't have access to early uh, diagnosis um, or access to, to early treatment. And that's, that's really why we end up in a situation where people may, may, may migrate from an area where they haven't had access to screening. Um, so, for example, in Australia, if you're pregnant, um, you will get blood tests done during your pregnancy to try and um, work out if you may have hepatitis B um, so that we can help the pregnant mother, family um, who may also be infected or affected by hepatitis B and also treat her during pregnancy so that um, the baby doesn't go on to have hepatitis B as well. Mm. You know, there's three different kinds of hepatitis. For our show, we're talking about the chronic ones, hepatitis B and C. Now, in terms of hepatitis C, it's now uh, curable, um, certain strains of it definitely. But can you tell us a bit about the treatment options for hepatitis B and whether we can ever hope to see the same thing? Um, yeah, look, well, actually, it's a great time to be having the conversation because we have World Hepatitis Day um, coming up on the 28th of July. Um, and earlier this year, in fact, the International Coalition to Eliminate Hepatitis B launched a strategy to cure hepatitis B. And that's really on the background of there's some fantastic hepatitis B research happening um, within Australia and globally, and a lot of people in Melbourne, in fact, um, who are very much committed to and have a really... Um, rational and positive expectation that we will see um, a cure and hopefully in my lifetime I've still got a bit of year yeah. a few years under my belt but um, we really are at the point where um, people are increasingly hopeful and working proactively towards a cure um, so we're definitely not there yet it's not like hepatitis C but we're working towards it um, but in saying that I'm also I always really try and impress upon the people I look after with hepatitis B that um, the fact that we don't have a cure yet um, should not be cause for despair in the sense that there are some really simple and effective treatments that people take and it's literally a pill every day and that will help to control the infection so that people don't go on to have severe liver damage or go on to have you know the worst case scenario of a liver cancer as a result of untreated hepatitis B. So I really try and have that discussion with people around, look, this is really a chronic condition. It's not something that you that need um, cause you any long-term damage. We just need to make sure that you're having your regular checkups and that we're doing the blood test and giving you the treatment that you need at the right time so that you're not you know, negatively affected by the fact that you have um, hepatitis B. Women on the Line. 
Yes, definitely. I agree with you, um, Dr. Kudzai. Um, the, the medication out there to control hepatitis B is really fantastic. And it's, uh, very important for people to just know their status and, and, and go and receive that really great treatment as well. Um, sometimes I think that, you know, the stigma and the shame that exists around, um, you know, bodily fluids, especially blood and that sort of thing can really deter people from various communities. But it's very important um, for people to manage their, their health and, and have that autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that often worries people, certainly um, people I see who are at an age where they want to be in a relationship, is the worry around, well, can I have children? Can I be in a relationship? And the answer to both of those is absolutely yes. Not only can you have a normal relationship, um, you can have a relationship where, you know, if with partner vaccination, if they're not otherwise vaccinated and then they're protected against hepatitis B. So there's really so much we can do um, very simply to really give somebody an absolutely normal life. They really have no limits on what they can um, on what they can do. So I try and impress that upon people. As much as there is shame in some communities and stigma around hepatitis B, for all intents and purposes, if you're being um, treated and looked after um, and you know, finding that time in the right person to help look after um, your chronic hepatitis B, it's, it's really a, a pathway to just a normal, a normal life. Yes, you have hepatitis B, but um, it needn't be a barrier to people um, having, you know, completely fulfilled um, and, and happy, normal lives. Mm. And uh, for just our listeners, where are some good places where people can go to find out more information about hepatitis B, um, treatments and that sort of thing? Look, there are really lucky. We've got a lot of organisations who've made a, a long-term commitment to trying to help community um, to understand and to get resources that are not only, um, you know, language appropriate, um, but also developed, you know, for people with different levels of health literacy or understanding, you know, some of the terminology around hepatitis. So I definitely recommend accessing um, websites such as Hepatitis Victoria or Hepatitis Australia, um, who are great at developing accessible information. And they also um, invest quite a lot of time in health practitioner education. If you're have a coming in at, you know, you're a GP or you're a nurse who somebody, somebody who wants to get that advanced level training around what's happening at the moment with hepatitis B, C, um, there are organisations like ASHM, so that's A-S-H-M, mm. um, who run courses really trying to help people to upskill around what's new in hepatitis, uh, hepat- viral hepatitis in Australia and how can people... Um, get onto treatment programs and how can health services also upskill themselves um, you know, from end to end, from admin workers through to the clinician side around how do we develop services that really support people who, are, uh, who have chronic or long-term hepatitis. Yeah. Um, so, uh, ye- yes, Dr. Kudzai, I definitely agree with you. And there's a great conference coming up uh, called the Australasian Viral Hepatitis Elimination Conference for 2019. And it will be happening in Sydney um, on the uh, 5th and 6th of August 2019. Uh, so that may be something for people to keep an eye on. I'm sure there will be some great um, conference presentations there. 
Absolutely. And um, I certainly recommend people also contact organisations like ASHAM. Um, for, so from time to time, they will actually provide uh, on-site um, education uh, packages for, you know, for free of charge in many cases, just to really support um, upskilling of practices, particularly in areas where we find um, new communities are beginning to settle, whether it's refugee or migrant um, communities who have come from countries with higher rates of hepatitis B than we have here within Australia and um, GPs or practices might be sort of struggling to understand, you know, what's the best thing we can do uh, for family members, um, for family and patients that are coming to our, our service with these, um, you know, viral hepatitis needs that um, there are a lot of organisations that will actually um, invest in sending someone out to an organisation to provide on-site support as well. Um, you're acknowledging the fact that often it can be quite challenging for um, GPs or any anyone in primary care to make that time to you know go to additional courses. There are lots of really great resources that are available there that will you know reach out and actually come and provide support um, in at the sites themselves. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us for Women on the Line, Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was- Women on the line. Women on the line. (laughs) (laughs) On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. You were just listening to my conversation with Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu, Deputy Chief Medical Information Officer at Royal Melbourne Hospital, and we were talking about hepatitis B. Next up is my conversation about hepatitis C with Anne Roseman, the Sexual Health and Bloodborne Virus Coordinator for Victoria from the Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, or VACHO. Let's hear from Anne. Hello, my name's Anne Roseman and I'm um, the Sexual Health and Bloodborne Virus Coordinator. Um, I work all around Victoria for the Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisation, which is the peak body for Aboriginal health in Victoria. Um, In my role is to um, work with Aboriginal communities and Aboriginal health services around Victoria to do training support around sexual health and bloodborne viruses. Um, And some of that involves sexuality, um, healthy relationships. It also involves things that um, are involving... STIs, which are sexually transmitted infections, and bloodborne viruses such as HIV and hepatitis, which are the two main bloodborne viruses. Um, yeah, so I do a lot of training advocacy across um, Victoria. I also do training and support for organisations. I help people to do systematic work around their data and looking at um, what they're currently doing around sexual health and bloodborne viruses um, and do local localised programs and plans so that and help them um, enact those plans to look at different um, issues within their communities. 
Wonderful. This show is dedicated into looking into um, viral hepatitis B and C um, because the 28th of July is uh, World Hepatitis Day. Now, we've already had a conversation about hepatitis B with um, uh, Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu. Um, So maybe we'll just chat a bit about hepatitis C. And about two years ago now, um, there was a quote-unquote cure for hepatitis hepatitis C that was made available for people living in Australia. Can you tell us about uh, how it works and how people are being treated with it? Yes. I mean, these cures are amazing. Um, For anyone that's listening who's been around for a while, the old treatments were really, really horrible. In the olden days, and I knew lots of people in this situation, um, people had a treatment for hepatitis that was using injections and this really horrible drug drug called interferon. And basically, um, it might have taken a year, if, if at all, for people to get treated and cured. Now, the new treatments are called DAAs, Direct Acting Antivirals, and they have revolutionised revolutionized care. Um, and these new treatments are like protection for you, because if you take the, these... Um, treatments they're not injections they're very very simple they're just a pill to take once a day and you can be cured completely cured in eight to ten weeks from hepatitis um hepatitis c so this is an amazing new treatment and the, it's fully funded under the pbs um scheme in australia um and this treatment is Incredible. It's like a cure for cancer because what happens with hepatitis, if you don't treat it, um, hepatitis just means inflammation of the liver. It means your liver gets sick. And the main reason that the liver gets sick is your liver starts, the virus causes your liver to get sick and inflamed. Um, And this new medicine is protection for your liver because if your liver gets sick for a long time, and it takes usually many, many years, but if your liver gets sick, then you can get liver cancer. Cirrhosis, which is a, like a really rough and sick liver, and then it, you can get liver cancer. And the biggest cause of liver cancer is hepatitis. But the good news is, and that's really a fantastic good news story, is that these new treatments protect you. And just like if you've got a virus, you go to the doctor and you get some pills, these pills will protect you from getting liver cancer if you have a blood-borne virus such as hepatitis C. Mm. In terms of, of of this new treatment, so there's a statistic that says um, about 26% of people who were diagnosed with um, chronic hepatitis C were treated uh, between March 2016 and March 2018. And this is, this is really great. It's astounding. But what are some of the gaps in terms of making sure that people living with uh, hepatitis C have access to these drugs, to these amazing drugs? I think the main thing is to, to yarn it up and talk about it because most people in Aboriginal communities will know someone that's been affected, but there's a lot of fear. Mm. And my main message for people is to say, don't be afraid. The medicine will protect you um, and it will help you. It's, so the main thing is sometimes people don't know about that these pills exist um, and so they don't know where to get it. 
The other thing is shame and fear and stigma that if they've been injecting drugs, they may feel shame. So they may not want to go to their Aboriginal health service because they may know someone there and they don't want, they feel that someone will tell them. Mm. So they, but they can get the pills from any doctor now. GPs can prescribe. Or you can ring up and say, do you do, you can find out from different health services who do prescribe. Um, the GP, a lot of GPs do prescribe, or you can go to a local hospital if you feel that's easier. But it's better in a community setting. Um, but sometimes people just have a lot of shame. And my message is that don't let that shame stop you from looking after yourself because it can add years to your life. And I've worked a lot in prison. A lot of people are getting treated in prison. Um, and an auntie came up to me the other day and said, what are you doing about this? And people are dying. I'm saying I'm trying. <laughs> and it's just getting the message that it's okay to get treatment, that you're worth getting treatment and the treatment is there for you. Mm. The government is investing a lot of money and want you to get treatment. Um, so go to your local health service and, and yarn it up. Just um, to take the... To say it's okay to take the medication, yarn it up, talk about it, um, talk about it with people because this medicine can can give add years to your life. Mm. The only thing to let people know is that there's different types of hepatitis C, so you can get another form of it. It's like a they call them genotypes. So. It is worth just checking if you're still injecting or doing things like that. It's really important to make sure that you get a regular blood test just to make sure you haven't picked up another type of hep C. But just like you pick up a flu, mm. you can get a, you can get treatment for that genotype. And there's pangenotypics, that, which means they cover all the types of them as well. So if you've got infected with one type, you can get treated. No, many, no matter how many times you need to, it is important to get regular blood checks to make sure you're okay as well. Yeah, definitely. Women on the line. And can you talk to us a bit about um, the disproportionate impact on, on women at all or how women are affected? I think with women, um, women are afraid to sometimes deal with that, maybe part, like, partly because they don't put themselves first. They put the rest of their families first and are so busy trying to do everything for other people that they don't prioritise their own health. Um, and I think women need to look after themselves. It's really important. And it's good role modelling anyway for the rest of their families. Mm. But often they're dealing with a lot of different issues in their lives. But I, my clear message is you are worth it. You're worth getting treated. Secondly, sometimes women are worried about their children and disclosing information about maybe previous injecting drug use because often a lot of people get hep C from injecting drug use mm. but I would say um, far, you, there are people that you can trust that will not stigmatise you um, it is worth yes sometimes that does happen and I, I personally have witnessed health professionals sometimes doing that but I would say persist your health is worth it there are people that will treat you um, so I would say women need to make sure that they look after themselves, they're worried about their children and what other people think about them as parents, mm. I'd say it's a great job as a parent to look after your health. No matter... And we don't care how you got the virus. It doesn't matter. The main thing is that you've got treatment and that you look after yourself and take that treatment. I think that's the main important thing. 
Yeah. Um, well, and for our listeners, where can they go to find out more information about hep C treatment um, and just about hep C more broadly? Well, there's a whole lot of different websites. There is, you can talk, Hepatitis Victoria have an info line. So if you have any question, um, you can ring Hepatitis Info Line. Um, and another thing, you can look up hep C help if you want to look at, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, website called Hep C Help. There's Hepatitis Australia have a website as well and they've got listings of a whole lot of different things and there's resources you can download. Hepatitis New South Wales have a lot of different resources on their website as well. Um, have a look there. On that show's website, we have a range of different resources. We have a video. If you're looking, if you go to YouTube, there's some amazing resources and if you put in Join Uncle Jack Charles on his journey, um, on his Hep C journey. There's a video that shows you exactly what the treatment, what happens when you get treated. So have a look on YouTube, hop on there and look at, if you just put into the YouTube search engine, join Uncle Jack Charles on his journey, you will, you will see the Vatro video and it's just go, it's just a video that says Uncle Jack had Hep C. He was an injecting drug user. He's a very famous um, actor. Yes. And he was also the voice of NAIDOC Week and a NAIDOC ambassador this year mm. in Voice Treaty Truth. And he is a great advocate now. He, worked, he used to go to he used to be in prison and now he goes to prison. He gives lots of education. His journey, he, it goes you through just taking the pills. And, how, and it, I love that video because he's got a fantastic smile on his face, on his face when he realises the treatments when they, they stop the virus from replicating in your body and they get rid of it. So I really encourage people to, to find their local service that they will treat them, whether it's an Aboriginal service or a non-Aboriginal service. It doesn't matter where you feel comfortable and, um, yeah, just make sure you look after yourself to get treated. Yeah, too right. Thank you so much for speaking with us and for Women on the Line. Oh, no worries. We've come to the end of my conversation with Anne Roseman, Sexual Health and Bloodborne Virus Coordinator for Victoria from the Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organization, or VACHO, and we were discussing hepatitis C. Before that, you heard my conversation with Dr. Kudzai Kanhutu, Deputy Chief Medical Information Officer at Royal Melbourne Hospital, and we'd been discussing hepatitis B. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show. So send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website www.3cr.org.au forward slash Women on the Line. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Latigre. I'm Hope Matumbu and I hope you can tune in again next time.